speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Good evening, fellow morons. How are we doing this late night? It's good, man. It's good. I like the summons. It's good, always good content to start with a podcast about talking about what we can see. And Daniel, that sun coming through your windows is looking great. Aye, man. It's highlighting how bald I'm getting, though. So, like, that's all I can notice <laughs> on this is my baldness. <laughs> For, for, for those listening, we can't actually see the window. We're seeing just directly through Daniel's hair. <laughs> as, as Hunter combs his over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Keep that bald spot off camera, even though no one can see it anyway. Oh, this, is, this is why I've been growing my hair recently, because it's like my last chance. I'm going to need to shave it off in the next year, I think. Well, there is a, the, the, one of the best photos ever of Hunter's exposure. Um, that we may have to share on Instagram at one point, Daniel. Uh, we're standing away back in that corner, peeing in the bushes. <laughs> Love it. All right, that'll get shared. We'll need to put that up. Oh, sure well, we are not, we're not here to talk about potentially balding people. We're here to talk about some movies. Uh, who can remind me, what was the category that we had for the movies for last week? I have no idea. We're so bad at this. What We're doing it? really, really well. So we had versus actors. And because we quickly established that Amber Heard has not actually done any movies worthwhile watching or starred in fucking anything, Why? we Sorry. went for Johnny Depp versus Nicolas Cage. Uh, and hopefully the boys have watched the right movies because it sounds like they've got no fucking idea what we're supposed to be watching. Some may have watched more movies than others. But we did decide to watch uh, Kick-Ass for Nicholas Cage and a first-time viewing for myself in What's Eaten Gilbert Grape. I actually had a little bit of a, a Johnny Depp theme last week. I jumped in and watched Sweeney Todd for the first time as well. I was going to say, I'm so glad we didn't watch Sweeney Todd in here. Sean would have never came back. <laughs> I liked it. Gilbert Grape, I've got an announcement to make, but I'll keep that towards the end. <laughs> well, I just so Sweeney Todd, and then I also watched um, Sleepy Hollow as well. Good movie, which is a good movie for 80% of it, and then a bit fucking mental for the last 20. So, story though, the source material was weird, like it's a, it's a strange little story. It was different. It was different anyway. Let's just say that. But let's t- test the test the memory of the morons. Then, so it seems like we can't really remember much. It's, the recording that we did prior to this was on two movies. Who can remember what they were? I can remember those because they were mine. <coughs> um, <laughs> so the wrestler and Silver Linings Playbook, which I gave a five, and everybody looked astonished. Five, <laughs> man. Well, when someone gives it a five and then it scores an average of a 3.4, Burnsy, um, I don't think that was a unanimous vote that it went down well. So that came in at number 47 on the Morons leaderboard. But the rest <coughs> did break into the top 20 with a 4.2, landing at 17th on the list. 
Um, but let's kick off with Kickass. Who would like to tell us first about the movie that Dave Liz? How do you pronounce it? Dave Lizowski. Pardon? I've no idea. I'm trying. I'm, I'm looking at Dave's name and trying to say his surname, and I'm butchering it. Who wants to jump in and save me? Just call uh, Kickass. <laughs> Kickass is an unnoticed high school student and a comic book fan who one day decides to become a superhero, even though he has no powers, training, or a meaningful reason to do so. Hunter, you've yep. been skiving from the streams for uh, the recordings. Fucking streams, mate. It's been months since we've streamed anything. Exactly. From the recordings, Hunter, you've been skiving from them. You take it away with your thoughts, first of all. Right. I, again, this wasn't a first-time watch for me. I, it was a good film that I enjoyed and watched several times when it first came out. I do like the concept like, as the whole. It's not just like a... Although it is, I think... Uh, it is there is a comic based on it, and it's obviously came from that year, so it's quite weird. Although the character isn't a superhero that you would normally see in the comics, however, I did enjoy it. I mean, although it was a Nick Cage movie, and it's just kind of more a bit part character in this, and it is more sort of Aaron Taylor Johnson story within it. But again, it's um, it's enough that it keeps you entertained throughout. Um, I mean, it's uh, those it's not doesn't take itself too seriously. There is a few sort of tongue-in-cheek moments throughout it. Um, it's not too overcomplicated. You can follow it um, quite well. I mean, it's still uh, a film which uh, I enjoy. Again, we'll go back and watch it again. It's still one that if I had seen it on, I would probably watch it again. Um, I did enjoy it very much. And again, it's with Nick Cage in it. I mean, he's just Nick Cage and that's it. I mean, there's... Not much more we can add or take away from it. It just does what he's wanting to do. Um, I mean, it just, you go back and you think, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of blood and guts. I mean, it's almost Tarantino esque at times with the, I mean, the, the, some of the, the, the fight scenes and whatever. And obviously, it does get, obviously, Mark Strong is a fairly decent uh, bad guy in it. And then obviously, with Christopher Mitch Plass is just, Tried to get a role that wasn't McLovin and I just ended up playing McLovin in a cape by the end of it. So. <laughs> Again, what I, want, I definitely recommend it, even for somebody who's maybe not into comic book films or whatever, although this is one that's not when you're not kind of... It's, it's still believable in a sense. It's just a guy with no ability just throwing on a wetsuit and trying to fight crime. And obviously, he, do, he does take the beatings at the start. So, thoroughly enjoyable. And again, it's something... Uh, I mean, it's, it shouldn't get too down scored for me because what it does it, it does what it sets it to do and that's just be a good movie what what was your thoughts on Nicolas Cage's performance he's like the wish Batman isn't he aye ah, that's it <laughs> <laughs> 50 with 50 self as big daddy is a bit <laughs> I think uh, the wish Batman's a good shout for the name the oh, I was just for that reason. <laughs> uh, I actually think Nicolas Cage is really good in this. He's he doubt it's a lot more downplayed than you would expect for Nick Cage playing a well, he's not a superhero, but like a a vigilante in a cape sort of thing. Um, I expect I, I watched it like Hunter. I watched this when it first came out, but I would say Nicolas Cage. This is probably one of his most subdued performances. He plays it quite low-key for him. I, th- I thought with the type of material he's got, he would have gone like mental and over the top. But I was a wee bit disappointed by that, to be honest. 
I thought that when he was in the Big Daddy character, he, the way that he spoke and the way that he acted was terrible in comparison to when he wasn't. Like, everything was, like, long, the, the way that he was talking, and he was really trying to do facial expressions under his mask. Mm. Um, so that, for me, was the off-putting. It was like they've, they've cut in a scene that shouldn't have actually been there because they'd fucked it in a lot of the bits. Um, and it just stood out as being two different characters when you looked at him and um, I can't even remember his actual character name. Um, but there was definitely two different bits in it. But Daniel, uh, you, you keep going, mate. Um, it's okay, this film. I think I, I liked it a lot at the time when it first came out because it was something pretty different. To expect. Like We've watched quite a few Marvel movies. We've watched Batman and stuff for this. And the good thing about Kick-Ass is it was pretty unique. I think it suffers now from, I think quite a few of us watched The Boys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Which is sort of taken, although they've got superpowers, but it's sort of taken like the ultra-violent superhero thing and done it ten times better. And that, although this is maybe a, an innovative movie at the time, it, it's a bit... It's good. Like, yeah, it is good. It sounds like I'm going to give it a bad score. I'm not actually enjoyed it. I could, like Hunter, I could go and watch it again. Um, I actually prefer the sequel. So I'm quite, I would quite like Kick-Ass 2 to get voted in once because we quite like a little what is better, the first or second debate. Um, you know that, that's in, interesting you said that because I watched this. I had a train journey to London and I watched Kick-Ass 1 and Kick-Ass 2 back to back. So um, which one the first? Two. Aye. I think two is a much better film, and I think in this one they've had a lot of good ideas. And I would imagine the studio's sort of been against them pushing its limits a little bit because I, I would think that they were probably unsure how audiences would take to this because aesthetically, when you look at like how the main characters are, their costumes and how brightly coloured it is, it looks like it would really appeal to like young teens or like mm-hmm. sort of kids. And it's the complete opposite of that of a movie. And I would imagine it was probably quite difficult to what's the word, promote this. And like, how how do you promote it to the audience? So I, I think um, once they realised it was successful, the second one, I think they got probably a lot more freedom. And I guess it's just a better film. Plus, Jim Carrey's better than Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. is one of the big things, I would say. But I know I think it's good. I think the main guy's really good. Um mm-hmm. See that young lassie, I forget her name, she's in fucking everything. Chloe Grace Moretz. That's it. There's something about her, she's like a fucking star. Like, she's mm-hmm. brilliant in everything mm-hmm. I've ever seen her in. Um, I think she carries this movie, she's the best thing in it by a mile. Um, and everything I've ever seen her in, she's just, cla- I, don't, I don't know what it is, like how you can be so composed and so young. I'm assuming now she's pretty much fully grown, and I've not really seen her being in stuff as an adult. So I don't know if she'll just... Again? So, I don't know what would give you the impression she's fully grown. <laughs> well, I can't, I'm trying to remember how long ago this was and what age she would have been. What age would she have been about this time? Maybe about 12 or something? 10? 11? I had like she was 25 now, I'm sure. She was 13. She was 13. So what the point I was going to make is I've not seen her in anything really as an adult. Um, I only seem to associate her with she was in pretty much anything that you needed a 10 to 12 to 13. Every year she was just in that part. Um, but I, she's classy, she's the best thing about this. Some of the scenes where her fight scenes are really well done. I think a lot of the time, John usually makes a good point of this, that fight scenes 
but if they're done badly, they like turn you off a mm-hmm. film. I mean, it takes me completely out of the believability if the fight scenes look shit. And although these were totally over the top, like it felt real. See the bit first fight he has in the car park with the three um, sort of gangbanger guys. Um, and he's got his sticks out and that. He's just like flailing the sticks about and getting smashed and falling down and stumbling about. And it looks like a real fight. Real fights aren't fun to look at usually. They're just a fucking mess. And that's what that looked like to me. Um, so it does a really good job of making it feel like it's actually happening. Um, aye, it's good. It's unspectacular, but good. And I think Hunter made a good point when he said Tarantino. Um, it does feel like whoever's made this is a big Tarantino fan. And they wanted to make a Tarantino type hero movie, if you know what I mean, comic book movie. What did you think, Sean? Though, because I'm interested in this one because I'm I was fifty fifty on whether you would like this or not. Yeah, I've actually seen it before, but I couldn't remember anything of it. I think I maybe watched it when it first came out. Uh, I had wee kind of momentary flashbacks during it, uh, but it's all right. Like it's like silly. Like I, I. I couldn't remember like how uh, sweary it was and stuff like that. Like going into it, I thought it was just going to be like a just your typical superhero film. But it's it's a lot kind of like Deadpool, I suppose, in terms of like the language that's used and stuff like that. Maybe not as like as many one-liners as with Deadpool and stuff like that is, but kind of reminded me of that a wee bit. Uh, but I, I thought it was. Like, it was all right. Like it's, it was enjoyable. I don't think it's like I, I wouldn't say that I'll rush back to watch it again or anything like that. Uh, it was, it was a lot more kind of gore in it than I expected as well for a for a superhero film. But I thought it done quite well. When you say about the fight scenes, I thought the fight scenes were quite good. Uh, like, and you went back to the first one when he got stabbed, and then mm-hmm. hit by the like I, I can't remember that from watching it the first time. So it kind of took me a took me back a wee bit but uh, I think the film should have just ended there why he's went back to it after getting stabbed and then hit by a car I do not know but I suppose it would have been a film if I'd just leave it there <laughs> just back <laughs> uh, but I just a, a silly fun enjoyable uh, different take on a superhero film I suppose yeah absolutely fair I'm just looking at some of the things we for, for you guys mentioned there uh, the director is Matthew Vaughn, um, who also directed Kingsman. Oh. Uh, Kingsman makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Stardust, X Men First Class, and he was a director of Layer Cake, which is a cracking film. Yeah. Oh. Stardust is also a fucking very good film. That's underrated. I, I, I was just saying, that's not going to be one for everyone, but I watched that not too long ago, actually. It's good. Um, but the coolest thing about Matthew Vaughn is that he's married to Claudia Schiffer. Oh. No, no heard that name in a while. <laughs> Burnsy, I'm assuming, again, like I do every week, this is a first time watch for you. You're correct. <laughs> it's the only time, only time of the week that I'm ever right about something. Um, I so I think I'm kind of on the fence a wee bit. This is like, I think we've seen quite a, we've seen a few sort of comic book films or superhero films and I don't think they're really my bag but I thought this was really well acted as Daniel pointed out the girl that played Hit Girl she was class and also I thought the actor that played Kickass were also 
Very good. Um, I think obviously going into it, I assumed that Nicolas Cage was going to have like a massive, like be the main star of it and main actor, just because obviously it was one that we had put forward. But um thought he was good enough. There wasn't anything bad or anything special about him being in it. But um, I did... There was quite often I noticed the music in the film when it was doing the fight scenes and that, I thought that, that worked quite well. Um, it didn't really grab, the film didn't really grab me just because I wasn't really that overall invested in the subject matter. <clears throat> um, but I, I didn't think the fight, I thought the fight scenes were actually really good and I didn't actually, I didn't feel as if it was kind of somewhat a Tantino instead of too much blood or guts. I felt the opposite. I don't know. I don't know why. If it's maybe just I'm getting used to this in films, or whether I thought the fight scenes were were class. So, so it's maybe just maybe just that that gave it a thumbs up for me. Um, the downsides to it is I thought that it was quite it was quite obvious what was going to happen throughout. I didn't feel there's any. It was really predictable. I thought I didn't feel there's any turns or anything I didn't expect. I could see a lot of it coming quite far off. Um, and also, as Sean had said, is when Kickass gets like stabbed and then run over. Obviously, at this point, he's just he seems quite hopeless, and he turns into this machine shortly after. Like, there's not really any build to it. I know he's meant to be a superhero, so obviously you've just got to let that slide. But I'm obviously just going in deeper, whereas this is obviously just meant to be something you take light-hearted. It's more a fun film, um, and then also when he starts like pretending that he's gay and all that kind of stuff and then just gets forgiven straight away that was that was a bit silly as well they could have just cut that but it just seemed a bit it just wasn't needed in terms of like if we're going to go that way they just sort of cut the angle down they could have just left that without it being there like without going in depth about it earlier in the film they could have con- concentrated in more um cacas and red mist and all that kind of stuff i thought um but no, it was enjoyable. Um, I think with this kind of film, maybe I just think about it a bit too much in depth instead of just enjoying it for what it is as a comic book film. So there's not going to be, they're maybe not meant to sort of delve too deep into the storyline. Um, I wouldn't, it's not something I'd probably go back and watch, but it's definitely not a not a bad film. Um, and it's probably just one of the, one of the kind of types of films that, I'm never probably going to score that highly, but I definitely did enjoy it, and it was a decent half watch. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the your, your comment there about the um, him getting the girl, um, mm-hmm. reading a bit of the trivia earlier as well, it says in there that from the actual comic book he doesn't get the girl, so the the studios have decided to add that, probably thinking that they're, they're closing off a little love interest um, oh. to t- to tick a box. That's annoying because see the reason. I've never read the comic book, um, but you know I like comic books. And see, the reason they've done that is the actions he's taken, pretending to be gay and all that, to get in intimate situations with her, is not the right thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and the and the logical storytelling, you shouldn't get together, and that's why that makes it better. Do you know what I mean? And then you learn yeah. your lesson, and that mm-hmm. that makes it a better movie. I'll be honest. Until you mentioned it, Bunsy, I'd completely forgot. About that whole aspect of this film, yeah. I only watched it two years ago. Um, nah, complete waste. And just to add on to that as well, the full side characters like his wee pals, they're shite to get them. Oh, the big fat cunt with the glasses and the shite Liam Gallagher haircut, it's in a hot tub time machine, and that's the I fucking hate that cunt. Yeah, 
Oh, he's the he's the fucking wish version of Jonah Hill. That's what you. Yeah. So I obviously went from watching the first one to the second one. Um, he's in the second one, but they recast Evan Peters' role, but they just put somebody else in. They recasted a few people, but just didn't change the characters or that. That's good. They were so forgettable. Actually, it was quite interesting to see when Evan Peters appeared. Um, for your non-geeky folk, that's the guy that plays Quicksilver in X-Men. Um, he That took me totally by surprise. I completely forgot he was in this. And I've got a feeling he probably went on to start being a bit of a bigger name after this, and you couldn't put him back into a shitty mm-hmm. wee sidekick part. Yeah, the, the guy that replaced him literally has fucking a handful of lines in the, in the next right. one, completely. Um, Bernsey, just to pick up something you said earlier about the, the music and something the, the music being something that you spotted throughout it, we, we asked on Twitter a couple of weeks ago about some questions to add into videos for our Wrestler and Silver Linings Playbook episode that we never answered because we are morons. We do forget stuff. Um, I'll take responsibility for this one. But our good friend, jmck88films, that's J-M-C-K-88films, asked the question, what is a favourite song written and recorded for a movie for each of the morons? Oh, so it's got as exclusively for the film. Yep. So I'll kick it off because obviously I've read this and attempt to digest it a little bit. But for me, I'm going to go out there and say Lose Yourself by Eminem for 8 Mile. I'm probably going to have to say the same. That's the only one I can think of. Like, <laughs> I love songs appearing in films, but one that's actually been written and recorded specifically for a film, that's the only one I could think mm. of. That. It's either Eye of the Tiger, um, some Zocky 3. It's got to, like Eye of the Tiger, come on, everyone knows that. Uh, or, mm-hmm. which is quite themed at the moment, I'm pretty sure Highway to the Danger Zone was written exclusively for Top Gun. And that's a fucking banger. Uh, I've still never seen Top Gun. Um, uh, it's shite. It's, it's <laughs> like so overhyped shite. I've never understood it. It's very homoerotic. Like, there are pilots, but then there's a scene where they just get like all oiled up and play volleyball for no reason and like hug each other a lot. It's weird. It's a weird movie. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, any other thoughts? I can't think, like, nothing springs to mind, but I like the Eye of, a, uh, the, Eye of the Tiger shout. But I can't, like, nothing springs to mind when I think of songs that were specifically written for films. Let me let me fire a couple out there that I've got up here on the 50 best original songs written for movies. Um, so you've got uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Purple Rain. Oh, Purple Rain, that's what I... I take it back. That's that's by far the best. I forget that that was an actual fucking movie. Purple Rain, love it. Um, I would I would fucking love us to watch that movie. That would get four zeros and a five. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple of staying alive. Saturday Night Fever. Good show. Nine till five. New York, New York, Gangsters Paradise from Dangerous Minds. Ooh, oh, I fucking love that. A movie that I watched during lockdown for the first time. Excellent movie. Uh, Independent Woman for Charlie's Angels. Part one or part two? Part one. <laughs> I'm actually disgusted that you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> My Beyonce knowledge. <laughs> I'm actually wanting to just end this, end the recording now. <laughs> oh, just, just finish it up. 
Um, a movie, this is from a movie I've still not watched, but Miss Misery from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Goodwill. We need to watch Goodwill Hunting. You've never heard about them apples and all that. It's like iconic. Mm-hmm. So, I see it pop up on like Netflix and or Amazon all the time. And I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll get that another day. Um, I, I, t- I clicked on the other night there, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. Ah, oh, pish. Watched it about five minutes, and I thought, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch Big Bang Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters. Nobody said Ghostbusters. Oh, best one. Dude, that's my favourite. As a child, I had that on a what were the big things called? A big record thing. What they called again? Actual, they're called records. Records. <laughs> and I fucking buzzed up at the, the living room when I was like a child, and there's like, a backpack on. Uh, the camcorder footage uh, in my mom's house. I used to watch. That's 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 my favourite, hundred percent. Love that. Well, um, just to lead on to that then, because I also had records when I was really young. Do you remember like the first like was that the first like song that you remember having that you loved and you would play it over and over again? That's the first one, but uh, that was already like in the house. If you're uh, if you're asking about but, but the first one that I f- that I actually bought it was a CD and I remember it. And it was the Smurfs single. Uh, if you ah, want okay. to be a happy or something like that, I was a child. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. It was not an ad. Uh, then I was writing this. Against Stoned. Was that no what it was? No, it wasn't that one. No, it definitely wasn't that one. It was a child oh, that, one. It was a cover to that song. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. after that, I was writing to Spice Girls as well. So I had all their singles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, had, uh, I remember I was only about or something like that and I asked for for Christmas um, <laughs> do the Bartman by mm-hmm. Bart Simpson I had that on <laughs> vinyl and then I also some of these and my mum still talks about this I absolutely love the song Especially For You by Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue <laughs> and I used to ask to get it played all the time and my dad once accidentally stood on it and broke it yeah. Um, I used, for some reason at like three years old I wanted especially for you by Jason Donovan blasted constantly weird Jesus fuck well listen I was never ever into music and still not really into it but I shared a room with a big brother and he had a like a CD player and it, I thought it was like the coolest thing ever it was fucking massive but it had a remote control with just three numbers on it literally one two three and it would change the CD that you had in because I had three yeah. CDs at once but it took like five minutes to change the CD over um, and one of the CDs that he always had in it that he used to claim was for his missus was Britney Spears' album, Baby One More Time. So, I yeah, had that. that was it, it was so funny because when, when it went round the three, I can't remember what one it was, but it was always Britney Spears, Baby One More Time, and um, Nickelback was one of the other CDs. So That's some bad taste. <laughs> I mean, at school, like when Nickelback... I think it was the first album. I don't know if it was the first one, but it was the first big hit that I remember. I can't remember what it was called. Is it like uh, How You the Mighty? So I think I was in first year, and uh, that's when it came out. And I'm, I said to like a boy in my class, "Oh, my dad likes that song," and everybody started calling my dad Mosher. I was fucking. <laughs> you're upset about it. Like, honestly, murder. Because you, you know, like how stupid fucking Wayne's are and that it used to <laughs> properly like upset me. Because my dad's oh. no, he's never been a mosher. My dad's no mosher. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's I, a... In a funnily, in a very similar way, 
Nickelback, there was a, a lassie at my school. Um, should we name folk? Her name was Leslie Dixon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no fucks and, given. <laughs> and uh, she quite looked a lot, looked a bit like the singer from Nickelback. <laughs> so she got called the Nickelback. I'm gonna I'm gonna name the podcast this week Leslie Dixon to see if someone tag on it. Leslie Dixon, aka Chad Kroger. Aye, <laughs> no, that's bad. But um, aye, kids are well, bad. To bring this back onto the movies, then um, we we touched a lot on it. Probably my favourite aspect of it is Chloe Grace Moretz is is hilarious. It's actually so funny when you read the trivia of it. It says that the. The studios originally would take this on on the basis that they either got rid of Hit Girl or made her nineteen. Aye, they weren't. They didn't want it to be her at that age group. Uh, age group, but um, she's absolutely spot on in it. And some some movies, if you've not seen them, to to watch with another are really good. Uh, the Equalizer. I think Sean's a fan of the Equalizer. I love Denzel. Denzel, she's very good in the Equalizer. She had but, the Equalizer. Yeah, she's the prostitute, I'm sure. Oh, well, she's grown up then, obviously. obviously. She's a bit older, Sean, so you can you can have your thoughts to yourself there. Let's get on and uh, get scoring it, unless Hunter's got some trivia that he's burning for. I know, I mean, oh, I've had to skive on my trivia getting duties <laughs> this week. But now I've got a week off, I'll make sure I'm well-stoked and well-versed for next week's <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in with the only bits of trivia I ever look at when I'm looking for stuff is the actors that were um, lined up to play the role before someone was cast. So there was two actors considered for the role of Big Daddy before Nicolas Cage. Any stabs? Will Smith. Nope. John Travolta. Nope, nope. So we've got Daniel's favourite Mark. Um, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg and Daniel Craig being the other one. Oh, no. <laughs> That's just a left kick, like if I've ever seen one. Not pretty much. Aye, aye. So he's he was in he was in there, so he, he has to be pushed in for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, let's get down to scoring out of five. Reminder for those that are listening to us for the first time, because we have had a little increase in downloads recently. Guys, do you know that we are averaging over ten downloads a day for the last sixty days? Wow, that is good. good numbers, Sorry? I'm saying thank you if folk listen. I feel like yeah. when I might need to start explaining what words like sky mean for people that might not understand. <laughs> <laughs> I used a, a, a on a work a work call today, I used the term melter and <laughs> was asked to explain what that meant. Uh, and actually I thought I said so I said to them, I was like, what do you think it means? And they're like, oh, is it like Someone who's like really soppy and like melts your heart when you're talking to them. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be any further for the <laughs> So I was like, I don't really know. I just went, oh, it's just somebody that's a bit like a bit of a nutter, and they're like, oh, and it just it lost its it lost its power at that moment. I was like, I can't <laughs> use this phrase ever again. <laughs> so from one melter to another, we'll come to Hunter for his scoring first. I'm going in with a solid 3.5. 3.5. The Bengal Tiger? I'm going in with a 2.75. 2.75. Daniel? Uh, I'm in between. I'm a 3. 3. Sean? 3 as well. 3 as well. 
I'm going to continue the phrase, absolutely bang in the middle for me. Remember the days, guys, when we used to spend a lot of time spaffing on about our thoughts in the movie and then we'd just re-say the same stuff when we gave our scores? Oh, that was funny. Remember that agreement there? I think that's about to change. (laughs) Bernie, what's overall scoring for that? Overall, that's a 3.05. 3.05, which I think, if memory serves me right, is our most popular score that we give. I was actually, I was trying to work out how how we typically score, and we've got quite a few in that three 3.5 um, area. So if my IMDb loads up, so 3.05, we have. Shit, it's a lot further than what I expected to be. Um, 3.05, we've got the, the best movie ever made by Disney, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Custody of Black Pearl. Sean? Yep. We've got Room, we've got District 9, um, and Heat all within that category. So what number does that put this at? This puts Kick-Ass, if we go for alphabetical order, to 65th. See, we had a guy message us this week saying that we don't give enough high scores. I'm like, <laughs> Like, pretty much over half or above a three. That guy can fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he got really upset in that message, though, Daniel. He, like, proper the goat, yeah. He started to say, um, this guy with 120 followers or whatever he's got was uh, messaged me to say, I think your page is stagnating and started to give us advice on, like, getting more followers and that. Fucking well, because I came back, he was wanting, basically suggesting that we rate movies high to get more people interested so I just replied to you in our chat and said I am not lying to, to vote a movie high so that we can try and get more people listening. I was like no, so basically well, come in here and lie and millions <laughs> of movies. I'm just quite <laughs> what is it with these fucking idiots that think that like they give every film a fucking f- full marks or a ninety percent score get a fucking life go and yeah. like I'm, I know, like, being negative is draining and stuff, but you're allowed to, like, not like stuff that people like. It's perfectly fine. Well, yeah, speaking of not liking things that people like, we are going to be talking about what's eating Gilbert Grape next. But before we go on to that, we did have a second question that we needed to answer from Twitter. This came from Stu World Order. Um, I think this will be quick answers that we've got from here. This is obviously in reference to The Wrestler. But would you ever razor blade your own head open for your job? So I don't know if he means your current job or a job. Well, it'd be quite bizarre. I'm sitting at my desk uh, answering questions and emails and I just blade my head myself. They kind sitting So to answer that uh, absurd question, uh, no, I would not razor blade my head uh, for my current office job. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite for you, Sean, and say that I, I'm now working in an environment where I can make commission. So there is a big possibility that I'd raise a blade my head for a sale. <laughs> I'd just do something in case I went in too deep. <laughs> went through your skull. Uh, no, no, not through my skull, but just I don't know. Sever, sever some nerves in that. Aye, I, I, I don't know. Is that that's like okay. To answer the question, if I was a professional wrestler, then absolutely. Fucking yeah. all over that shit. I'd be blading every night in the house shows in front of 60 folk. Um, but in any other way, absolutely not. 
Burnsy, I'm sure you've sat at your desk a few times and thought about razor blade in your face, but would you do it? Uh, I don't think. I think I'd have a bit more self-control before I razor blade myself answering emails and using databases and that, but I guess I was on a bad day. It would maybe, maybe happen, but no, no I'll say something I wouldn't, but um, I wouldn't be against it if the job required it, but not my current office job. But what about if your what about if your calculator instantly stopped working and you had to actually use your mathematic brain to work out some sums? <laughs> That's why I've got my camera off tonight because I've bladed myself trying to calculate that last score. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, I'm sure you've had some cuts and bruises in your time, but were any of them self-inflicted? Um, a few accidental ones. My hands have actually covered in cuts now for what in the last couple of weeks, but. Funny, she said, actually, this morning at work, you'll not be able to see it on camera, but I've got like a scratch in my face because there was the electric panel was open and I was up on a platform working and the things just start swung towards me. And I turned around to answer a question to something, I got a few cable ties in the face. So I got a big scratch on my face from up the day. So I wouldn't razor blade my face, but I'd gladly take a cable tie to it, it seems. Fair play. Well, listen, as you can obviously tell, that Hunter's the only real man in this group that does manual labour or hard work. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the rest of us sit behind desks. <laughs> Have you put the clip? His his hands will be fucked. Well, let's see. Um, I'm going to come to Sean first of all. Let's talk about what's eating Gilbert Grape. So it's a young man in a small midwestern town struggles to care for his mentally disabled younger brother and morbidly obese mother while attempting to pursue his own happiness. Sean. Let's come to you, and then after Sean, we're going to come straight to Daniel. <laughs> it was a first-time viewing for me, uh, which is probably no surprise. I want to start off by saying that I thought uh, my man Leonardo DiCaprio was excellent uh, in his portrayal of the young boy, the young brother. Uh, I wasn't that enamoured with Johnny Depp's performance. I thought and again, I'm no, who am I to criticise these fucking Hollywood actors? <laughs> but I, I thought he was quite wooden and just very, like, stiff. It was weird. But uh, I thought the Caprio, like, I, I just feel myself just watching him and his Aye. mannerisms, yeah. even in the background, were just like, like, if, if I didn't know who that was, I would think that that was an actor that actually suffers with autism or whatever it is. He was, and, I, I'm not sure what age he would have been, and I'd imagine this would have been his, one of his first roles. But twenty, was it twenty? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I, I thought it was absolutely awesome. Uh, that aside, I just found it really, really boring. Uh, and I know that Daniel had said that this is a film. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you kind of grew up watching this and kind of very fond memories of it. I think that obviously will play a part in somebody liking it. I think because I was actually reading about it afterwards. Uh, and one of the things I've seen was basically saying that I, I, I felt as if I grew up on this film, I would have enjoyed it a lot more to go back and watch it again in adult life, but I just found it really boring. It just kind of seemed to be filled with pointless conversations, and <coughs> obviously there was the struggle with like that scene where they were sitting down at the dinner table and Leonardo DiCaprio would just keep shouting about their, their, their dad being dead and he was laughing and all that, and it was all chaotic and stuff like that. I did quite like that scene because it did portray obviously the chaotic kind of home life and stuff like that. But I just, I, I could never really get into it. I just found it 
just boring. Like, just really, really boring. I, I don't know if, if obviously, well, Daniel probably doesn't agree, but I don't know how you feel as well, but it, it just never, like, I, I just kind of kept waiting for it to kind of get going, and but it was just a very, very slow burner. And I never felt any, like, emotion during it at all. I never felt sad uh, for any character. I never felt sad for the mum. I never felt sad for Johnny Depp. I just never felt sad. I never had any emotion for any of them, really. When when we Arnie was getting punched in the face and ran away, you never felt sad for we Arnie. Oh, I never felt emotion at all through any part of the film. None of it. Like see when the mum died at the end, and Leonardo DiCaprio was trying to wake her up, and he's giggling because obviously he doesn't understand and stuff. I just I just didn't. I was like, how long has this got left? <laughs> You just imagine Sean sitting watching this like a deadpan Frank Lampard is doing it up. You're just completely stone faced. I, I just, just, I, I just didn't enjoy it. I'm sorry. You should apologise. I, I don't think this film spoiled everyone. Like I, I would say, this is a film that I didn't expect many people to like. Um, and I think you're right. Nothing really happens. It's not really. A, it's not got much of a story. It's just like a summer. It's basically the way that I watch this. I've always watched this. It's just about the time in um, Gilbert's life when that lassie comes. That's all you get to see, and it's about to me. It's about some. He's never left that town. So I mean, like it's even a big deal for him going to the supermarket that's a couple of miles away. Um, everything about him's always been revolved around having to make everyone else happy in this little town. Like he's, and I think to maybe defend Johnny Depp a wee bit. I think the character's supposed to be like that. So, like, Juliette Lewis makes a comment later on and compares him to his own dad, because he's, when he's describing his dad, um, his dad who killed himself, by the way, in, in this uh, film that gave Sean no emotions. Um, he's talking about his dad before he killed himself and how it was very difficult to get, like, emotion out of him and how to get, he wouldn't react to stuff. He wouldn't really get overjoyed or over sad. And he was just like, and I think... And then Juliette Lewis says, I know someone like that, the to him. Mm-hmm. So I think he's supposed to be kind of passive and a bit wooden and vacant because all he really does is go about trying to make other folk happy. Um, but I know I don't think it's a thing I apologise, but Sean, this isn't one of those where I think, oh, fuck, like everyone should like this. It's an absolute classic. Um, it's definitely just because I watched this when I was really young. And like I think DiCaprio, this is one of the best performances yeah. of anybody in anything ever mm-hmm. um, like outstanding um, like Sean said that if that was someone who genuinely had um, like a disability like the kid was the character had I wouldn't have been surprised I mean obviously we'd know it's Leonardo DiCaprio but if you were to just watch that for the first time um, and, I, and the thing is nowadays do you think they would cast an actor to play a part like that I, I, I'm not sure Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how that yeah. would go in the current culture. Someone, I don't know. Right, we can talk about that after. But I, I really like this film. I um, I find it very genuine. It feels really genuine. Um, it's not overly spectacular. It's just about a guy with a bit of a shitty life who does everything to please other people. Whether it's he doesn't even want to be sleeping with that older woman. So when he delivers, he delivers mm-hmm. food to that woman. She basically takes advantage of him. Um, his mum. He does everything that his mum asks. His sisters don't give a fuck about him. He does everything for them. He's basically a dad to his wee brother who's got to look after permanently. Um, 
And I think the film was all about him just losing that a little bit and getting that wee bit of escape with Juliette Lewis, who, when I was young, I had a massive crush on Juliette Lewis. Like, between this, Natural Born Killers, um, she was in quite a lot of stuff at that time. I went Basketball to see her. Yeah, Basketball Diaries, <laughs> yeah. Which also has Leo in it. Yeah. Um, must have been very similar times, actually. They must have come out. Two years very... later. Two years later. Um, hi, Juliet Lewis is cool. I went to see her band, Juliet Lewis and the Licks at King Tut's as well. Um, just a cool woman. But I, I, I just think it's a really good film. It's very, it just brings me loads of nice memories. I said um, last time that my first ever email address was a line for this film. Now that you've watched it, what do you think it might have been? I have no idea. No, no idea. It feels nah. like about a month ago since I watched this, so I can't remember anything. <laughs> nah, you'll have to tell it's, us. It's super lame, but my first ever email address when I was like 12 or 13 was matches in the gas tank underscore boom boom at hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little song that Joy Depp sings to Arnie when he's yep. up at the top of the uh, water tower thing, which he does all the time. Uh, but I not, my favourite moments in this are. The mum getting up and going to the the uh, jail to get her son out, mm-hmm. and like the thing that makes me think about now compared to then is she was like a complete anomaly. There was no one else anywhere near her size, right? And I think now in twenty twenty two, there's probably most towns maybe twenty percent of the people are of similar size, especially um, in America. Especially in America, and I think it maybe goes to show that. Maybe we do have a bit of a fucking issue as a fucking Western world that 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 is completely normalised now. I would say, um, to the point that it would probably be, if, again, talk about if this movie came out now, would it be something that's criticised for fat shaming? Uh, Sean disliked it so much he's fucked off. <laughs> let, let, let's try. We'll, we'll scope over that before, it, and it'll it, it'll come back soon. But I think if and um that. To that point there, so Darlene Cates was the, the 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 woman that played the part. It would just be someone CGI'd now. Oh, I yeah. aesthetics would be like a fat suit type thing. You just have a normal sized or what? Would well, she. I thought that normal. she was an amazing actress, but then yep. that, that she's actually just playing herself. I mean, maybe in real life she's not like mental and that and screaming and mm-hmm. stuff, but aye, just sitting there. Yeah. For for me watching this, like I from the back, I really liked it. I did really like it. I found myself getting proper and captivated watching it. It starts off slow, and again, I, I watched this on the return leg of the train, so I, I it had my full attention whilst I was watching it, and I felt myself more and more getting into it. And it's for me, it's just about someone who's trapped in his little town and his little life, and there is no escape for him. Um, you touched on all the different scenarios where he has to be a support from someone. But to add to that, even the local community rely on him to get his little brother down from the tower. Mm-hmm. The police know, the yeah. police need him to do it because they can't deal with it. And just thinking of doing that, every couple of days, he's away then getting his little brother down from this scary big height. Um, his little brother runs away. He's got to then go home to then fix dinners and tidy a house and be a dad and then he's like he's working as well as well as having this this affair that he's paranoid about that's going to get him killed um because he's just pleasing 
everybody that he possibly can. And I think Johnny Depp was excellent throughout the whole thing. I, I, I really, really liked him. The only issue for Johnny Depp is how good Leo was in yes. this. Um, and I was looking there because he was obviously he was nominated for an Oscar for uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role, and and he lost it. So I was looking at the the names on here, and it's like Ralph Fiennes, Schindler's List, Pete Paul uh, Postlewaite, and the name of the father. And the winner was Tommy Lee Jones for The Fugitive. Get fucked. No, I'm sorry, man. That 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 like... so, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> They've had to give Leo a fucking sympathy one for the Revenant in the end, but he could have had it all out fucking the way way back when and give him one for that role. <laughs> I I just think that reading some of the trivia and stuff as well, it's talking about like the, the scenes where Johnny Depp just gave up washing his brother. It was like, fuck it, let him stink. Uh, mm-hmm. But Leo didn't wash. That was actually Leo. He, he, he never washed. He just a proper method acted that whole thing. It wasn't just put applied on him on that day. He's got into it and he's become that smelly little boy. Um and he still never got his Oscar for it. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's another good point of the film about the film because little moments like everything seems to matter. Like every conversation I know Sean was saying there's loads of meaningless talking, but I feel the opposite. Like every conversation that's in this sort of leads to something. Like even the stuff with John C. Riley. Um, whose character is good in it. And did you notice that his other pal, what we were talking about him about recently? So that is Michael J. Fox's dad in Back to the Future. Yes, yes. Um, I forget, he's a Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got, it's got an amazing cast, but every little conversation seems to mean something. Like even when they're sitting talking about um, the guy's funeral business and no one's dying, and then that leads to, oh, someone dies when the guy paws in the pool. And then that means it leads back to the conversation when they find out about how they died and you know, they've got a reference to it. Like, I think it's a very, very clever script where every single thing that's spoken about sort of leads on to something else. Like, even the trying to get the mum up the stairs the whole time was this, like, big thing that they wanted to get her to go up the stairs to her bed. And then when she finally did it was when she knew she was fucking... <clears throat> Um, aye, really good. Sorry, what I say for for me, what is, is quite sad when you when you think back to it now, actually, is how much he loves his mum and how mm-hmm. proud of her he is. Because even though she's obviously like become morbidly obese and stuff, he always tell he told so many people about how she was the prettiest girl in the whole town, and he, yeah. he wouldn't. Although he was like, he didn't want people to laugh at her and be a joke, but his his coping mechanism was to like indulge it with their little kids like helping them look in through the window and stuff because it was just what he'd become used to but then he felt like that a sense of pride of reminding people of who she was aye it's aye all everything you're saying love it <laughs> Burnsy again I'm going to hang my hat on this here <laughs> first time viewing for you 32 you're doing well Um. Aye, so I think, again, I'm kind of, I can see where Sean's coming from because at the end of it, I did sort of think what what was, what did happen. Like, it, but um, as Daniel sort of points out, it's also just to show, give an insight into the life. And I did think the film did a good job of that. Um, DiCaprio was class, as you say. I thought Johnny Depp was okay. He was decent enough. It wasn't, wasn't the same level. Um, but it, yeah, I thought I think it did it did 
do well in terms of setting the scene to begin with and then give you an insight into all their lives, obviously especially um, Johnny Depp and DiCaprio's character. There was quite a lot going on in terms of the characters themselves, in terms of the mother who wouldn't leave the house and then how um, Johnny Depp was having to look after his brother and had all, all the things going on that you said, Kel, about his job and the affair, etc. Um, I think that was the good things about it. It was quite fast-paced, etc. Uh, the interactions between um, Johnny Depp and DiCaprio, they were all captivating. I thought that you felt real emotion throughout it. Um, and you could see sort of the struggle that Johnny Depp's character was having in terms of all this being put on him and having to look after his brother all the time. Obviously, what he did when he he goes from is disgusting, and that was quite difficult to watch. Um, but I, I just don't really know. I think I watched this about a week ago, but it just kind of at the end of it, I just I just felt a bit let down because there was just I just wanted some. I wanted it to progress more instead of just sort of giving you. I don't know how long the film was had been based on the duration of it, but it ended. I was kind of like, well, all we've sort of seen is their home life, the struggles that they have as a family, and a wee bit of his working romance stuff. But there wasn't like a big crescendo, if you like, or anything major that happened. I don't. Think. I know his mum had, had died at the end, but. The way it was obviously going, the family you think thought that she was going because she wasn't, she was in, she was in no state that she could, or the way she was acting, and she wouldn't move, wouldn't do, wouldn't do anything. It was as if she was just, she was quite happy just being like that, and then she was what I don't know whether the impression I got is if she was wanting to sort of to die, I guess she didn't really have any interest in in doing anything else. I, I don't know if that was the impression you're meant to get, but I. Think- I what I got for that point is that she really was, everything was getting towards um, Arnie's 18th birthday. She wanted to see him turn 18. And that was that was her aim, that was it. That was all she wanted. And I uh, think at that point, basically, I, I would imagine the way I took it was being alive every day was probably a fucking struggle for her. I mean, she's probably uh, on, the, on the verge of death every morning. Uh, yeah. And then gave up fucking fighting at that point. Uh-huh. Right, so I think it was more the actual... The storyline, although it was decent in ways, it kind of just didn't progress enough for me. But as I say, I thought DiCaprio was awesome in it. And he did definitely do a good way of of showing the struggles of um, the character and, and how his emotions were going all over the place, as you've sort of talked about in terms of when in certain scenes he's obviously laughing because he doesn't know what's going on. And he's obviously claiming stuff and he'd... He needs somebody to obviously be with him and look after him all the time, which you can see why it would be a it would be difficult for somebody to do. But then at the same time, then Johnny Depp's character was quite happy to leave him or to go and just be with his prospective girlfriend, basically knowing that he would need that some someone could easily go wrong with him. So I it's kind of middle of the road, I got or sort of middle of the road for me, I would guess. So to jump in and talk about <clears throat> the scene where Johnny Depp, well, Gilbert Grape, attacks his little brother, right? So mm-hmm. we, we we talked about messages in this that are coming round and are meaning something, but how many times does he say the phrase, you don't hurt Arnie? Aye, all the time. He said it to his sister early on as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it to plenty of people and then 
putting yourself in Gilbert's shoes as someone with all these pressures going on around them and it all building and it's it's sat, bits are getting worse and worse and worse to the point where he's getting the phone call to then go away from the girl that he's trying to then build a relationship with or, or, or a connection with. He has to he has to leave because he's got something going on and he can't be himself not condoning his actions because the, the assault on a, like a, a disabled boy is obviously ridiculous, but he's hit a breaking point, hasn't he? And he's lashed yeah. out. And he, he's done it to the point and then he's obviously ran away because he knows what he's done. But let's talk about it. What's what's your thoughts on it, guys? I mean, I I, I thought it, again it felt like everything else in this. It felt really believable. Like they did again yeah. a good job of, like Sean mentioned earlier on the the scene at the table where they did. There's quite a few times that Arnie just goes on and on and on. And see when you're watching it, it is fucking annoying. Like it, it gets to you just watching it. Like they won't fucking shut up, and it's not his fault that he won't shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get you get enough of that where it goes on and on enough. And this time, was it when he did it? It's after the cake. He destroyed the cake. Yeah. Um, so that was the second cake that he destroyed after mm-hmm. Johnny had already Johnny Depp's character Gilbert had already gone all the way to the supermarket to get the new cake. And he knows that everything's building up to his mum at this one day, and it's just been fucked again. Like he's had to do everything to try and save this day. Um, like when the his sister drops the cake, it's always like, oh Gilbert, what are you going to do about it? It's always him that's got to do it. Um, and uh, he just lost his temper and you could see straight away after that he was like fuck and he hated himself I mean he, he ran away because he hated himself um, yeah good sad made me feel sad for we Arnie well Hunter let's raise the mood talk to us about your thoughts uh, on that that question of the movie both both right oh. firstly I'll just say on that um, I uh, on that, you can totally, as you said, Daniel, you can understand. And although you don't agree with anything that what he's done in that moment by lashing out at Arnie, you can empathise to the extent that you can understand why he's done it. Obviously, obviously the, the movie is entitled What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and it's the century, it's like the whole fucking town is eating Gilbert Grape. He's that's what it is, and, that's, and I know. And he's not done it like out of malice. He's not done it to be a prick. It's just that was just like maybe like one of the stores that broke the camels back at that point. And it may it could have been any one of anything that but the next the next thing, because it had all been building up, the next thing that he maybe with the last there's just unfortunate it was Arnie was the next person to piss him off or upset him again. And that's who he lashed out. It could have been anyone at that point. And again, it adds into the story, that's why he's done it. And as you said, the instant regret and Obviously, then you've then everyone is away running away, and and it's just obviously it is sad to see at that point, and but it's it's a breaking point, and that's it, and that's how you can understand what he's done. But again, with nothing, nothing's condoned for his actions. He did, maybe needs a better coping mechanism, or maybe needs to speak to someone. But maybe that's with Juliet Lewis's character. Maybe has a he now has a uh, an output for his frustrations. That, to get through now, but as the film as a whole, um, I was watching this in the bright lights of house so of text or before I'm ready to start watching this. Like, I'm just putting Gilbert Grape on, and she's like, Oh, that's a great film, Leo's amazing in it. And I have to hold my hands up and say, This is one of the very few times that she was right. <laughs> 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 that. So, I mean, I, unlike Sean, I was literally the film was only about five or ten minutes in, and I've texted off saying. 
I love Leo already. I mean, to the extent that I loved him so much and he was so believable in his role that you wanted to just take him home and look after him. Like, you just wanted to care for him and nurture him. He's, even though he's a 17-year-old, he just because obviously of the disability that he has in the film, that he obviously his mindset isn't of a 17-year-old, so he is still very much a small child in mind. Um, so you just wanted to care for him and look after him. But again, similar to what's been said, I mean, it's like the whole town is on Gilbert's case about everything. He's the, he seems to be like the glue that's holding that place together. And I think to what Bumsey was touching on, like there, there's nothing feel like that much happens. It's just one of the Midwest towns where fuck all happens. And all we're getting is literally just, this is, you're getting to see into his life for a snapshot of his life and this is all you're getting to see and that's why that's where a lot does happen within that space of time but it's not going to be a film where you're on the edge of a seat there's not going to be an action mm -hmm. scene there's not going to be uh, a fight scene anything like that but there's going to be it's just well acted and it's a story that's well told and it's well portrayed and again similar to what you have said because Leo is so good in this it takes any shine out he, he shines so bright that it makes the rest of the film or the rest of the actors and actresses not shine as bright, even though they're still doing very good um, in what the roles they're portraying. I mean, that's, you look at all the stuff that you said that's getting to them, and there's also the fact, obviously, that Davies having, and then there's then the conspiracy theory around how the husband actually died, so he's now thinking, if it is murder, I am the cause for someone getting murdered, because the, the husband's probably found out that she's been having an affair, and she's had to fucking kill him to keep the kids. I don't know what's happened, but again, these are just the things that all gets... Is probably going through his mind as well, amongst everything else. And like it's nice um to see Arnie then make the next summer when all the caravans come flying back through again and Juliet Lewis is back for Johnny Depp. And so he gets I don't know what's happened in that year since Arnie's birthday, but he seems to be in a happier place to both of them do by then. So it's nice to see that the family's still holding together and hopefully. The load that's on Johnny Depp's mind, maybe there's hopefully there's not as much eating Gilbert Great by the time that summer came around. <laughs> I like to think that um, Arnie and Gilbert go away with them and go on their travels in yeah. the caravan. That was that's my one little ending. I. That's a, the 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 sequel that you can write for it, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Aye, man, let's do it. I'll write a book. <laughs> so, does anyone have any other thoughts that they want to add to this movie? I'm quite surprised by you and Hunter enjoying it so much, by the way. So that's good. I'm happy with that. Oh, well, uh, the, the trivia is few and far between. It just kind of talks about the, the kind of crossovers with different actors and actresses in here. But there's one piece on here that, which is funny because it's something that we obviously, this is something that we slag off in a different group chat that we have. But on an episode of Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions, <laughs> which wrestler, professional wrestler, mentioned that this was their favourite film? Probably Storm called Steve Austin because he just talked to the trailer for the time. <laughs> was the answer I was hoping to hear there. I'm assuming the oh, question. Right? I'm assuming the question went Stone Cold Steve Austin's favourite film is whatever, which is the best film ever. But what do you what, what about you? What do you like? And then what explain why Stone Cold was like. Um somebody Chris Jericho? Nope. Mm, Dean Ambrose. These little thinking silences are great for a <laughs> podcast, aren't they? <laughs> no, you're going to keep on guessing, but it was Rebecca Quinn, who is? Becky Lynch. Yes. Becky Lynch. 
Daniel looks as if he didn't even ken that. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. It's like, I was actually thinking, me and Becky Lynch must be a similar age. And I'm just, I was just sitting thinking of Becky oh, right. being like me as a young kid and growing up and loving this movie. I don't know if she was running about listening to Jason Donovan and Kyle Minogue, though. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, let's get the scores on the doors for this one. He did disappear. Um, he fucked off that much of Daniel's uh, Daniel's stories of this movie. But he's come back. Sean, what are you going to set the score for? Sorry about that. My phone uh, cut out. I was scrambling for the charger. I had to run out of battery. I had 30 odd percent. Listen, so, Sean, it's a podcast. Nobody would have noticed, but Daniel threw you under the bus. <laughs> you go back and listen to it then. What did they say? Nah, but oh. That's that's one more listen if you go back and listen to it. Uh, I'm going to give this uh what I think is a respectable two point five. I don't think it was a bad film of cancer where people like it, but I just found it very boring. But for Leonardo DiCaprio, just because I was very focused on him a lot, I'm gonna give it a two point five. Well, I'm gonna jump in with a four. Burnsy? Um, Sean's taken me by surprise there, so I'm going to give it the lowest score out of everyone uh, a 2.25. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that surprised me, Hunter. Um, 4.25 for me. 4.25 and Daniel? Uh, it's a 4.75 for me. A lot of that's just because of my growing up love, a bit like Sean and Back to the Future. 4.75. Oh. A high score for a film and not even a jotty incest in it. I knew you were going to say that. We bang what's up. What does that do to the overall score? In? That's a 3.55 overall. A 3.55. This is definitely higher than a 3.55, guys. Come on, the fuck. I'm going to Burns is getting the blame for that. So this I'm um, sure it's one here. Like he, uh, he came in and went quite hard and he gave it a right in the middle. This uh, brings it joint uh, 41st, so this will be 42nd on our leaderboard with Halloween. Good company, good movie. But remember, guys, we only ever give shit scores, don't we? Uh, yeah, man. So. <laughs> <Two movies. laughs> I went to the pictures last week. Say again? I went to the cinema last week. Oh, what did you see? So Laurie was like, oh, do you want to go to the, to the pictures? I was like, aye. So we looked at what was on and it was fuck all on. So she said, what's this Doctor Strange? And I went, oh, you would absolutely hate that. Uh, but then we went to see, what's the, what's the, it's got Sandra Bullock in it, about a tempo or something. What's oh, the one that, aye, the Jungle Cruise type thing, uh, trying to take in that. The Lost City. That's it. So we went and seen that, and uh, we thought we were going to be the only people in, but there was a couple of old folk in, and two older women who were just sitting themselves. It was a daytime show, because uh, we were off before we went to Aviemore. But I, I just watched the ceiling. That was it. Was, was it any good? That sounds absolute shit. I've never even heard of that it, coming out. It's just, as you would expect, just a, a very kind of basic comedy film about a lost city. It's like <laughs> National Treasure a wee bit. <laughs> Okay, got you. It was alright. It wasn't it. It was just... You should have got to see Doctor Strange, it's good. Mm-hmm. No, no, Laurie wouldn't have wanted to see it. I'm not that asked about Doctor Strange either, to be honest with you, but there's just absolutely fuck all on. Do you know what I really want to see, though? I want to see the Elvis film 
It was coming out. That's good. Hi, yeah. Alex. Fucking class. Who's playing Elvis? I don't know, but he looks brilliant. Um, I don't know. Skarsgård? I've no idea. Mm-hmm. He's too good. No, is he not like the manager in it? No, I thought oh, okay. I think. Anyway, it looks brilliant. Although it's two hours, 40 minutes, which is a bit annoying. Oh, a guy called Austin Butler. You watch him screen, Daniel? <laughs> no? I just went oh, Tom Hanks. I knew there was somebody famous in it. Well, um, did I tell you about my experience with going to see Doctor Strange? No. One where you fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, went to the cinema, paid the extra money to go to the bit for the IMAX experience as a... My ticket was either a fiver for a normal one or 20 quid for the IMAX. I thought I'll splash out IMAX. Got myself two two bottles of Corona. Went and sat in my seat. There was about four other people in there. And um, within about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, I comped out for about an hour and 20 minutes or something. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes, an hour and a half. The thing is, I was I was even I had a chest infection as well, so I would have been stoned like fuck for it this whole cinema. So I do apologise to those four people that were sitting there watching it get it absolutely ruined. So I woke up and uh, took a drink of my beer and it was warm and flat. Just stood up and walked out. Wow! So I'm not the only person that's actually seen it. <laughs> I, I've, I've not. I've not back to. My mum was getting abuse yeah. off Kyle for uh, having predetermined I was going to go see it at opening night. Tell me to. <laughs> Leave the Marvel chat. Well, I'm, I'm going up to Aberdeen on Sunday. Maybe I'll go to the cinema and watch it on Sunday night. Sure. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of these two movies. So that was Nicolas Cage versus Johnny Depp. Uh, Johnny Depp definitely wins this, in my opinion, um, even though Leo takes the centre stage and overshadows both of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Kick-Ass coming in at 65 on our list and Gilbert Grape coming in at 46. 42nd. But next week, we had the unfortunate scenario where Sean won on the wheel spin and we have to watch his movies again. But Sean, would you like to remind us of the movies that you've selected? Uh, <laughs> and uh, Calibre. Calibre, sorry, I missed the first one there. We're too busy laughing at your A. Uh... Me, myself and Irene. Why is my name not on the wheel anymore? Because you're gone. Once you, you've had all three, your goes. So every time you, something comes up, he takes it off. Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know I should have had three goes. That's nah, had two. You've had three, have you not? No, I've had two. No, this is your third, because you've had both Back to the Futures and separate spins. Yeah. I never chose Back to the Futures one. That was picked on Instagram. I chose Back yeah, to the Futures That was the pre-hangy one, did we don't know. Well, your name's not yeah. going fucking back on it, so I'm going to spin it now anyway to, to go back. You have got three names of your own on. I'm wanting my name back on. Oh, fuck off, Kyle. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Oh, boys. So it has spun round and it's got me and I'm in two minds that absolutely stitches right up. Oh, but Sean's off next week at or it'll be the week after, he'll be back. He'll be back for these movies, so that's no problem. Look, remove. So, guys, it is myself that will be getting to select the movies that will be going up onto the Instagram vote, so I'm going to have some good pleasure of working out how I'm going to split the movies that I want to watch. 
that's even better. Even better. Since you guys are viewing my screen at the moment, I'll just get the list of movies that I want to look at up. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I can't even make that out. It says Mega Shark versus. To be fair, that's better than what I thought. So I'm at, I'd be quite happy if you picked two of those. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. <laughs> Mega Shark versus Crocosaurus. That uh, one star review I can see on screen there doing it above the good. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we will have some uh, good. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I, I'm too busy picking one that I really, really like Basketball Diaries, Sleepers, a couple of great movies that I really enjoy. Yes. Um, Warrior. I love Warrior. This is your chance to finally pick uh, Goodwill Hunting. No, because right, you need to pick an unseen, so there you go. Well, Sean's not picked an unseen. We're just trying to get you to pick someone that isn't shite. <laughs> oh, well, wait and see, guys. Wait and see. But that does bring us to the end of the stream. Uh, we bid you morons farewell. Bonsoir. <laughs> Who's excited for my picks? Very. Stop recording. Sorry you don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! Stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Whoa! Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! 